that's how you build rivalries, and that's how you build atmosphere. Edwards, three-pointer, it's good! This team is right there with anybody else in, in the country. They are clicking on kind of a different level that we didn't um, that we didn't see this year. Perry for the lead. Oh! He did it again. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Zone Star State Podcast. I'm Ashley Bruni, and joining me once again is Ishmael Johnson. Ish, um, another just incredible week of basketball weekend of basketball um and i mean we can kind of jump right into it you were in uh in waco for baylor Mm -hmm. versus texas tech women's basketball um a lot going on in that game and obviously with Brittany grinder's jersey retirement uh Mm -hmm. just how was it it was good like uh it was funny i was talking to a lot of the baylor sid the sid and then a lot of the adjacent people around her um and you could tell how big they wanted it to be um and then afterward it kind of became apparent that like that pressure was from on down from nikki collin to kind of nail mm-hmm. the ceremony mm-hmm. um you know it was pre-game uh 15 minutes before tip off she came out you know they had a tunnel the players kind of made like a, a guard of honor for her um she came out fist pumping high fiving all this stuff hugged nikki collin nikki collin had on a i don't know if you saw the, the yellow did, blazer yeah. that looked nice so like a yellow blazer had 42 grinder on the back had a bunch of patches on the side like it was custom made um and like they rose the the her jersey to the to the rafters which was a really cool like visual moment you could like she started to break down you could see um because that's when it kind of like solidifies in your mind, you know, like they presented her with like a, with like a, a frame Jersey. And then they played like a pre-made video with Mac Rhodes, the athletic director speaking about her impact and all that stuff. But then when, when they started to ascend the the Jersey, that's when you kind of like, it, it, it hit me a little bit. I was like, man, like that's got to feel like different, right? Like that's that, that moment when you're watching your Jersey go up and it's the only one in foster right now, right? Like, it was the only one, and that that's a big, big thing. They have their championship banners on one side, and that was the only one in Foster. And so when you see that one go up and you realize what she meant to the program, um, it, it, it was awesome. It was a cool – it was a really, really cool event. Um, Odyssey Sims was there. Um, a lot of the Mercury Brass were there. Nate Tibbetts, their new head coach, the GM. Mm, okay. uh, Sabrina Bordeo, who's the head coach of the Liberty right now, but she was the head coach that drafted Griner for the Mercury. Uh, she was there in Mercury gear. Like, it was it was full-on, like, support for her. Um, Bill Brock, the current head coach at Tarleton, who was Mulkey's longtime 20-plus-year assistant mm-hmm. at Baylor, he was there. So it was really cool. Um, they went all out, and you could tell that she was into it. Like, she was there courtside the whole game with her wife um so yeah it was it was a really cool event um the game itself not not that interesting uh you know it kind of i don't know we kind of talked a little bit about girlick in the last episode um they had no answer for anything baylor was doing baylor wasn't even shooting that well they shot like maybe two of 12 from three in the first half Mm -hmm. um and it was never close it wasn't um yeah and and after the game like you know there was barely any questions to ask about the game it was probably baylor's best defensive performance but nikki collin was able to kind of talk about the whole situation and the whole ceremony and you know Mm -hmm. the one thing i will say is we talked about this a little bit in the last the hot seat episode we mentioned how nikki collin is not doing a bad job right it was just about like the standards 
I'm gonna kind of take back my comments now in terms of like her being on the hot seat, maybe in 25. I think she's there. I think she's there for a good bit longer because it's not easy for somebody to go in and just get it right. And like, she's likable one. That's why I think somebody like Dave Miranda has gotten some more time at Baylor. It helps to be likable, but also it helps to like generate more excitement and like enthusiasm for the program outside of, of course she has to win, right? She has to yeah. win, but it does help that like she cares about these things that much, right? She never coached Brittany Kreiner, but like mm-hmm. she cared that much and like she pushed the president and the AD and eventually it happened. So I want to take back my comments a little bit about 25. Maybe she, you know, she doesn't win big or whatever. Cause I do think like they're going to ride it out with her. I really do think because she gets what that program's about in a way that not many people will, I think. It's interesting. We'll see how this year closes out. Sure. If they, if they make a sweet wrong, six, like if they win two games in the tournament, which is very possible, if yeah. they win two games in the tournament, I think everything resets. Like sure. you're like, all right, you're fine. Like I, I'm not worried about it. It is their early tournament. Like they're not going to host. I don't think. Right? They're not a top. I don't, I don't have the bracketology in front yeah, of me. I think they're like a five, six, or something like that. Six, yeah. seven, somewhere in that range. Um, so, you know, it's not as bad as if you were a four seed and you lose at home in the second round in front right. of everybody. It's a little less pressure on you there. But if they could somehow squeak get into a Sweet Sixteen, I think it would. I mean, it would definitely reset everything. Like that's probably the bar we're setting right now. So right now they're yeah. at a, in um, what was it in Kelly Cream's Bracketology on ESPN? They're in a, they're at a six right now. Okay. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, that also puts them with UConn again in the second round. Uh, uh, they, they, <laughs> UConn, they're not as good this year. But they're not even close. That'd to be this a tough. Year. That'd be a tough second round again. <laughs> I've refreshed the and I, I I've refreshed the women's basketball national title odds yeah. on the sports books and UConn is still top like four or five somehow every single time mm-hmm. and I don't know if that's just playing on the 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 people who don't watch women's basketball be like oh they'll bet UConn just because right. they see them up there or something but I'm like this UConn team has no shot at winning a title watching yeah. them win a title but like Absolutely. they're not winning a title so like no. they, they, well, the problem would be the problem would be that they would UConn would host that that yes. weekend yes right that'd be in stores arena so yes. that'd be the issue that's the problem. Um, for, by the way, uh, remember how we talked about Baylor and AM could, but we, we can talk about AM later, uh, has the potential to make it past the second round. Uh, this mm-hmm. bracketology has them in the first round playing each other, dude. The men's side, too. The men's side had Baylor versus AM, like, uh, or was it Baylor? It was a uh, no, it was AM in Texas. Sorry, so I don't know. Yeah, if all yeah, these yeah. They just love giving AM those juicy matchups. Yeah, they're just trying to pin all Texas teams against each other, which I don't want. I want all the Texas teams making it to like the Sweet 16. I know we need, we need, we need content here. Yeah. Um, all right. Last thing here. Uh, yeah. yeah. I see that Baylor won 61 32. I did not watch the game. It, Texas Tech scored four, nine, and five in the first three quarters. <laughs> it was not. It was not. And look, Baylor's not a good defensive team. Like they're, they're like fine. Yeah. They're fine. Right? They're not a great. And it was, it was bad. Um, I, I don't know. They just couldn't guard them. Like the shots that they missed, uh, Baylor missed, they were open looks. Like it, it wasn't like Tech was like scrambling to get you know, hands in the face or whatever. It wasn't, it text. They're not a good team, man. They're really not. Um, and they're, it, they're, they execute well. Like you can see they run interesting sets and they run interesting things to get up uh, to free up players like Jasmine Shavers and, and Bailey Maupin, but it's a team that really just needs a ball handler. Um, I think 
uh, defensively, I don't think they're going to be very good against most teams. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just offensively, they're just, they don't have, I think they're missing a gear. They feel like, and obviously yeah. it's easy to say it's about one of the best in the country, but like they remind me a lot of like Texas last year without Rory, a Rory Harmon type where like, if there's just somebody to kind of settle everything down, I think that changes the team a lot. I don't know if they'd be a contender, but like they, they would be a 20 ish win team. I think with like a stable, not a Rory Harmon level, but literally just like somebody of that build, right. That guard type. I mean, but that's the difference between that's the difference. That's what makes like Vic Schaefer so good is you can sure, get rid yeah. of Roy Harmon. He changes. I, I don't want to say change the identity, but tweaks the identity enough to where they, they continue winning. So, yeah. Um, all right. You texted me something just about 30 minutes ago and oh, I had yeah. seen this in real time or I, I didn't watch, I wasn't able to watch the game, but yeah. Um, I saw UTSA come back and beat North Texas on the women's side sweep. um complete the sweep uh, north texas now has four losses in conference and two of them are to utsa karen aston um has bested one of the best coaching matchups in the state of texas karen aston versus jason burton right there mm-hmm. um and karen aston got her fastball back jordan jenkins oh my god i'll throw it 29, to 29 dog <laughs> 29 points for jordan jenkins off the bench still in 20, 25 minutes um, UTSA wins 66 to 63, really a big result for North Texas. Who's not only, you know, was trying to stay in the, is trying to stay in the hunt for the American, but also just for seeding purposes, UTSA pushes up to seven and six. Now North Texas, eight and four. I mean, you mentioned it, but like not for the regular season title, but like UTSA making a run in the tournament wouldn't shock us at all yeah. at this point. So now we get into UTSA, can UTSA like make nine, a run? Nine four, UNT. Okay, nine and four. Sorry. Yeah. So now it's if UTSA North Texas play again, will if they play in like the second round or something, I don't know who I'd take. I, I mean, UTSA looks like they're they're ready for the postseason. Yeah, man. Like that. That was the thing, right? We were talking about, hey, they got Jordan Jenkins back, but you know she's missed the whole season, and you know yeah. who knows? She's dropping twenty. Like again, that's insane. She's the I think she won AAC Player of the Week. I think they also won. Um, I'm trying to think, they, I think they swept the awards. I think they won Freshman of the Week. UTSA did as well. Um, mm-hmm. So I mean, just yeah, because Asia Proctor did. Um, so like this team, like is getting healthy at the right time. They're clicking at the right time. And like you said, like who, like we we expected them to take a jump this year, and they've taken the jump without their best player. Now you add that best player, and yeah, like you said, I wouldn't be shocked at this team makes a run in the tournament, right? Is I like that Karen Aston's going slow with her in terms of like coming, having her off the bench. This team's been used to playing without her. So like, maybe you don't want to mess up what you have with that starting lineup. I, I'm okay with that, honestly. Um, it just gives you something different. And I think that letting Jordan Jink, she did that. In, <laughs> she did in 24 minutes. Yeah. 29 points in 24 minutes. Um, three of five from three, four rebounds and no one turnover. She was all over the place. So anyway, to wrap that up, like UTSA all of a sudden becomes a team where you have to look at and say, this team could win the conference straight up. Like they could win this, it, uh, this the tournament, I mean, obviously. I mean, it's it's wide open. Nor, the, there are four teams right now with nine wins. North Texas could have obviously been front by itself at 10 and three, but now they're nine to four. Temple mm-hmm. nine to four. UAB lost. They're nine and five now. Rice, Rice lost nine the UAB this week, uh, last week. Yeah. Uh, Rice is now nine and five. 
Tulsa's eight and five, and then there's five teams with seven wins below them. Like this is, I don't know how, how many teams that is. Was that five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten? Ten of the fourteen teams have seven between seven and nine wins. That's crazy in the American. So you tell me to pick a winner in the tournament. I I don't think I could do that at this point. Yeah. So it's no, not at we'll all. We'll see if North Texas can come together and make a and pull it out because last four games uh are or last five games oh yeah they played 13 um home against charlotte charlotte's not bad but not uh uh, not or not bad but not great Mm -hmm. at uab that's tough they have nine wins ecu i think is bad at rice is tough and then memphis is bad so yeah a couple tough ones in there i'll say this utsa i'm looking at their schedule one, two, three, four, five. They could close out the year five and zero. Oh. I'm looking at it right now. So they have a tough game against Temple, right? That's the second place team. Yeah. UNT's tied, but then they close with FAU, Memphis, Wichita State. That's a three game stretch where they should go three and zero. Oh. Yeah, and then they get Rice at the end, which is a tough game, but they can beat Rice at home. At home, well, that's a that's a very winnable yep. five and zero. Oh. Again, not saying they'd win the conference. I mean. Who They'd be close. Point. I was about to say they get close. That's the point, right? They'd get close with how close everything is in the conference. Um, but like if they go even if they go four and one, like yeah. that's a hell of a stretch to end the year. And then going into the conference tournament, that's all the momentum on your side. So at very bare minimum, I would expect a three a three and two. I'd pencil in four and one as realistic, and five and oh is not off the table. Yeah. Um Two quick hitters here on the women's side. Yeah. Uh, I watched Texas A&M get blown out by LSU. Yeah, uh, and dropped to five and seven in conference play. I've uh, lost before losing to LSU. Lost to Vanderbilt at home, and Vanderbilt's not an awful team this year by any means, but yeah. still, I, I don't know. I thought coming off of the Ole, they beat Ole Miss mm-hmm. on the Which road by twenty February eighth. Yeah. And I thought that was going to springboard them into the the rest of the season. And then they go and lose to uh, Vanderbilt, which they beat Kentucky, then lose to Vanderbilt and lose to LSU. So mm-hmm. there's too much. They didn't have India Rogers for this mm-hmm. game against LSU, which is obviously huge. Like they don't have sure. depth. We've talked sure. about that. The guard spots uh, like KK Green and Sidney Bowles and whatnot. They're just, they're not, they're not good enough. Yeah. Um, they also didn't have, her in the game against um Vanderbilt which they lost but I don't care like this is again this goes back to Vic Schaefer loses Roy Harmon and they're still a top five team it mm-hmm. might not be a fair comparison in some ways but damn it AM Joni Taylor you have Aisha Kulabali Janiah Barker Lauren Ware and Lauren Ware I thought man, I don't know she's just underwhelming me continuously which is pretty yeah. disappointing but like you have Janiah Barker and Aisha Kulabali at the very least, and it never feels like they're comfortable on the court. Against Vanderbilt, Janiah Barker went four of twelve with five turnovers. I want to say I don't know. they they played LSU in the second game last year. They played LSU closer than they did in this one, right? I know yeah. in the first game last year they got blown like I believe by like forty, but like I think in the second, second game they real they close. like six, right? Yeah, yeah, and so. And again, that team was way less talented than yes. this team. It was just Janiah Barker basically just <laughs> putting up highlight tapes. Um, but but like yeah, like I, I checked in with the score and I was like, they're already down 20. Like, you know, it was one of those games where you're like, I'm not expecting them to beat LSU, but like this is where you should be able to match up, you know, and kind of take that next step as a program 
and show like, okay, you have talent that eventually, like in a Jeliah Barker, should be able to match up with an LSU. Okay. Um, and the fact that they, yeah, like again, yeah, India Rogers is a big missing piece, obviously, but it does feel like Janiah Barker in particular hasn't taken that step forward. And when you have games like this where you're missing your other best player, okay, then these are the games where you should be able, like, like what Madison Book is doing, right? You yes. should be able to take that next step and say, okay, cool, team's on my back. We're missing our leader. I got you. And a lot of her points, because she ended the game with 21 points, a lot of her points came in the second half on putbacks, on mm-hmm. – um, it wasn't an like aesthetically pleasing game in, in a yeah. lot of ways. LSU started like really sagging off her from three after she missed a couple and she hit two. So you're like, all right, cool. But like, there's just, there's no, she doesn't put fear into the opponents like she should be doing, yeah. which is, it's, it's weird. So they got to close the season strong. If they keep losing, they're not gonna make the tournament. We've talked about that before. Yeah. Um, I think they're like a 10 or 11 right now. But they're stretched to close the years, Arkansas, Auburn, Tennessee, and Alabama. I don't know India Rogers' health. She didn't mm-hmm. look that. I mean, she looked in good spirits on the sideline. But if they go two and two and they end nine and or no, what is that? Eight or no, seven and nine. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if they make the tournament or not. Yeah. That's so. fair. All right, and last quick hitter here. I would do want to give another shout out to Lamar Women's who beat New Orleans sixty three to sixty on the road. Now twelve and one. Just gonna keep. I'm just gonna keep updating us on the clicker here. Um, yes. Just every win, twelve and every one. Now for Lamar. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um, on the men's side, we have an interesting discussion here. I think with Houston. Yeah. Um, they beat Texas eighty two to sixty one on uh, what was that saturday mm-hmm. and then monday beat iowa state 73 65 they're now 23 and 3 overall they're 10 and 3 in the big 12 likely uh or they are the number two team in the country behind uconn with purdue losing kim but ish isn't like satisfied one kim thompson but ish been. is not satisfied oh, God. All right. ish needs more ish oh, no. says right. here we go they he hasn't seen enough from houston men's oh, basketball so go ahead, Ishmael Johnson, and say why you are not pleased with Houston. First of all, let me clarify go and ahead. say the exact phrasing was, I don't know if anybody in the Big 12, if I would like anybody in the Big 12 winning a national title except Kansas. Um, and here's why. That's not to say... I think last year our skepticism with Houston was the strength of schedule and how they played that strength of schedule, right? They didn't play, they didn't dominate teams that we thought they should have in ways that they should have in order to be the number one team overall. We were proven right. This year, it's not that. They're obviously in the Big 12 doing the same thing that they were doing. That's not my issue at all. I don't know if it's because we watch so much of the Big 12 that we maybe maybe we overanalyze and dissect a lot of these teams weaknesses and the minute they start playing a team from the Pac-12 or the SEC or whatever they're going to blow them out could be i don't know but every single team except i mean Kansas has also shown weaknesses but i'll get to my point on Kansas every single team that i think is good to potentially great i think Houston is great don't get me wrong i'm talking about the Baylors and like the the even Kansas states things like that the teams that are good that i think could be great um even Iowa state as well they go through these spurts where there's just one side of the ball just does not work, right? Mm-hmm. Baylor, 
does not just doesn't defend at times. But also the offense gets so streaky. Uh, Kansas State, we saw that last night uh, with the Texas game. They just yeah. decided this is like you know we you know Tyler Perry's not hitting. Uh, we're just we can't we can't do offense. We're just not doing offense today, guys. Texas, we've talked about that. They can't defend a lot of the time. Houston, again, the best team, I think, Houston and Kansas, clearly. My thing is when I look at teams like, I think the three, four best teams in the country right now are UConn, Purdue, Arizona, and then Houston. Not in that order, just in those four. And then from those three, four, I look at UConn and Purdue, especially UConn, where I'm like, I don't know if anybody in the Big 12 can beat them in a one-off. I don't know if I would choose yeah. them in a one-off. And obviously any game, anything can happen in any individual game. But as far as putting money down, because I can't remember the last time a team's won a national title with spurts like Houston's had on offense where they just don't score. And we obviously know that they're the offensive rebounding and all these things. Like We obviously know how they play. But man, you saw so many stretches last night. And again, the game they won, they ended up controlling and, and yeah, Iowa State's a good, a great team. Where we're just like, is it is the like you were watching it? It was like you were watching like, is it is it just LJ Cryer help us? Like, you know, like is the offense when the offense isn't working? Hey, LJ Cryer, we need a three. And then if he's not hitting, it's like uh, you know, like I don't know. Like, I look at the past use, I think this team's better suited for the defensive style that Kelvin Sampson's played than his previous teams. But the thing that made those different, those teams before were the Marcus Sassers and the Quentin Grimes that when things are breaking down, is like, out of the way, I got a bucket. I got a bucket in me. Right. And they, it, it feels like this team doesn't have that or the player that they're betting on is not that type of player that you should be betting on in LJ Cryer. Is, is it LJ Cryer? What do you mean? Like, or, or are you arguing it would be Jamal Shedd? Maybe? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. So I think they have. How do I word this? Jamal Shedd is Shedd, clearly yeah, the, Shedd's their leading, their lead guard yeah. and their best player. Like, like I'm not saying other cars are best player. Yeah. But so much of that offense goes. The scoring droughts go as LJ Cryer goes. My the opinion. scoring droughts go as LJ Cryer goes. The scoring droughts happen at times i think the limitations of this team offensively are because they don't have a two guard at, at this point yes um emmanuel sharp uh is technically playing the three for them right. um and again he's six three so he's not that big but whatever mm -hmm. they don't have another scoring guard like i love emmanuel sharp he has evolved yeah. into a really really consistent score sure so you have shed you have sharp crier the inconsistency with criers are going to lose them a game in the tournament like because they're playing Malik Wilson right now. And if you would have told me a month ago, two months ago, they were playing Malik Wilson in the crunch time against Iowa State, I'd say, what has happened to Damian Dunn? Right. What has happened to LJ Cryer? Where are these people? And they don't trust Damian Dunn anymore mm -hmm. for one reason or another. LJ Cryer should not be trusted anymore. The amount of open threes that he had last night they just bricked are inexcusable. Sure. For a shooter of his caliber, or a shooter that we believe is of his caliber, and so that makes them incredibly easier to guard. Yes. And in a game where they shoot seven of twenty-four from three, they only get eight offensive rebounds. It's because they got open threes and missed them. And Iowa State is kind of selling out to stop the twos and stop the um stop the offensive boards, which mm -hmm. they did a great job of. 
and uh, and ultimately Houston wins because they get 24 made free throws right. to Iowa State's 10. Like that's I was about just to say, they do a good job of getting to the line, which is again, it's part of the system, right? They're going to out hustle you. They're going to out, you know, they're going to go for the loose ball. They're going to draw fouls. They're they're playing physical. That's part of the system as well. So like, I don't want to make it seem like that we're writing off the offense as being bad be, just being bad right part of the, the reason why it's bad is because they know that they're going to get the next chance on the offensive putback or something how about this it's it's not that the offense is bad it I, th- I think and correct me if i'm wrong yeah it's not good in the conventional sense in which we've seen typical national championship teams be good sure that's I don't fair. know. That's like, fair. I think Baylor, last two champions. I can remember the only precedent I can remember is Louisville, who beat Michigan. Uh, that Louisville team with Peyton Siva and yeah. Montrez Harrell. Um, but again, they also had uh, um, who was the outside? Luke Hancock, who was like fifty percent three point shooter, right? At like a stretch big. So, or like a, I think he played the three. But anyway, yeah. Uh, there's only been there hasn't been precedent. A lot of precedents. The like I'm just looking at the last five champions, right? Yeah. Last year, UConn, awesome offensively. Two years ago, Kansas, awesome offensively. Three mm-hmm. years ago, Baylor, obviously. Yep. 19, Virginia, second in the country in offense and could shoot the ball, obviously, really well. Before that, Villanova, number one offensively. Like, we're going through list of teams. 2017, North Carolina. Uh, I think that was the, was it the Luke May team, right? Yes. Um, or Justin Jackson, Joel Berry. Like, again, high-level offensive players. So, it's like... We haven't seen a team that it ranks. Where does Houston rank right now in effective field goal 16, percentage? Fifteen. No, oh, an effective uh, field on, goal on percentage. Fifteen. Two hundred thirty-first. Yeah, I was about to say, and field goal percentage not good, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's not conventional, and yeah. that's what worries me and worries you is that we've seen national championship offenses. Mm-hmm. They don't look like this. Right. But my rebuttal to you was. This is the best. This is one of the best defenses we've seen in the past decade. And that's and that's where I think, and that's where uh, that's where they will if they win. That's where it will clearly yeah. be right. And before anybody brings up like the reason why I bring up Kansas isn't because they're running this beautiful offense. It's because they have those guys like yeah, Kevin McCuller, Hunter Dickinson, yeah. the guys that you can throw Perfect. a ball to and get a bucket. Right? Uh, they've been inconsistent this year. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say that they're clearly the best team in the Big Twelve. I don't think that. Um, I just think that they're uh, last year. I did not think here's the thing last year. I did not think Houston was one of the best teams in the country. Right. I, I think me and you, I don't know if you believe that, but I can, I firmly believe that they were not last year this year. I yeah. think they are right. I want to make that clear. I do think they're one of the best teams in the country. I just wonder if there's one or two teams that I just don't think anybody right now is beating in UConn and maybe Purdue. I've been a Purdue skeptic and they've been phenomenal this year. Yeah. Um, so again, that's more my thing is now I've moved my criteria in terms of like they are a contender. Now I'm trying to compare them against the other contenders. Um, Good point. Yeah. So, but yes, to your point, defense on, I, I believe before the Kansas game, the Kansas game kind of skewed a lot of their stats. They were on pace to be basically yeah. the best defense we've seen this side of 2000, I think. One like at least I think it was the unbeaten Kentucky team. And then Houston, basically, or the the one loss Kentucky team that lost to Wisconsin, um, as far as like the top two ratings defensively. So like, yes, they were on there. They should still be on pace to be one of the best um, we've seen. But yeah, like you mentioned, like it's just that other. Okay, it's like 
it feels like they have to win that way, right? If they get in the if they get in the game where, and this is where I do think partially I was impressed. I think Bay, uh, BYU is their most impressive win of the year, in my opinion, because BYU is a team that's geared to beat this Houston team, right? Yeah. They shoot the outside three well. I believe Hoop Vision sixty eight did a great uh, video on their five out offense, and like it would theoretically on paper be the perfect offense to go against this Houston defense, and they shut them down. Um, so that's my thing is last year we were like, what happens when a team gets hot or just like Houston can't score. And we saw against Miami, what exactly happens this year, their defense is better, but I still have a little bit of that concern. But again, because their defense is better, the concern with that, I'm starting to be like, okay, maybe only like six teams in the country can do that to them. Yeah. Like last year, I, I, last year I had them losing to Auburn in the second round. I was about to say, we both had them in the, uh, I think, both second round or both Sweet 16? Sweet regardless, 16 one of those rounds. I remember yeah. either picking Auburn or highly considering Auburn to beat them in the second round. Yeah. yeah. Um, this year, I'm not going to pick them to lose in the second round. No, no. Like, this year, I would have them. Like, right now, I'd probably have them in my Final Four. Yeah. Right? Maybe. At the very least, I'd probably have them in the Elite Eight. Yeah. Um, so, because like you that's said, what like, you're it's, saying. it's up in the air, and there's yeah. only like two or like four, a couple, a couple, four or five teams that I would like put them in the conversation with. Yeah. So that that's that's an interesting way of looking at it. All right. But I, think, couple, I think it does. I think it does bring up a good discussion because you know we can kind of wrap up and rope in Texas and Kansas State here too. Like, I don't know. I'm kind of wondering. Like, are do we watch so much of the Big Twelve that we kind of like? I think the tournament's going to go one or two ways. I think the Big Twelve is going to roll, or I think like a team's a conference like the Big East is going to. Oh, there goes the balloons again. Get the balloons again. Um, <laughs> or a t- or conference like the Big East is going to come in and just like go like seven and zero against them. Just because, like, I don't know, man. It, 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 feel, it feels kind of like they're just like a gauntlet every single week. And yeah. I don't know if it's – I still think it's the best conference in the country, but I don't know. I feel like we get so insulated with the Big 12 okay. that we're just like, oh, once these teams play in the tournament, it's going to be blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I don't know. Like, do you feel that confident about Kansas State and Texas right now? Kansas State and Texas, no. I'm not, that Neither one of them are making out of the first round uh, to yeah. me. It's like – the the real test to me comes with Texas Tech, TCU, mm. Baylor, like Iowa State even potentially. Even though I think Iowa State, I, was say, I think Iowa State would be in there. Um, like, those teams yeah. need to win in the first sure. round and then have a good second game, right. like to really be showing. Like like TCU did a few years ago, right, where they pushed Arizona to sure, overtime, sure. and like you're like, oh wow, that's a good result for TCU. Like you need to have good results. So yeah. I do think we are insulated to do because we watched the hell out of big, the big 12. Um, but at the same time, the depth is still just staggering with this. It's like Kansas state is to me, like I watched Kansas state beat the breaks off of LSU and I'm not saying LSU is a good team, but LSU beat AM on the road. Like LSU just beat um, South Carolina on the road. It's like that, that was, was a pretty good win. Yeah, I will say this. So looking back on metrics of Ken Palm's conference ratings, past two years, Big 12 has roughly been four points. So they have their, you know, their uh, adjusted um, yeah. efficiency metrics. Big past two years, Big 12 has been roughly four points ahead of the next conference. Last year was the Big Ten. Uh, Big 12 was basically eight plus 18. Big 10 was plus, almost plus 15, almost four points. Year before that, over the SEC, plus 18.7 to plus 14.4. This year they're only plus. Or let me see. Let me bring it. Let me update it real quick. They're only two points ahead of the Big East this year. Yeah. 
Um, so again, that's not to say the Big 12 has fallen off. I think their numbers basically the same. Of course, Ken Palm freezes right now, so I can't bring it up. But like Big East and Big Ten are right there this year. And so I feel like there it is. Um, so yeah, Big e- Big 12 is 17.3, Big East is 15.9, and then Big Ten and SEC are 14, basically 14 and a half. Yeah, right there. So right there. So again, I don't maybe it isn't just that the maybe it isn't that we're so insulated. Maybe it is just like everybody else has gotten a lot better. Yeah. All right. Some quick hitters, because I gotta get out of here. Yep. Um, AM men lose to Alabama by 25 on the road when a lot of people said that they have a good shot. I mean, a lot of people that I follow that are betting people, I didn't bet on AM, but we're picking yeah. AM here. I didn't really understand it and they get blown out. Quick thoughts. We gonna we gonna have some dialogue. We're gonna have some dialogue, man. We're gonna continue to have some dialogues about this team. Oh Lord. They can't um, shoot. Like they they they're awful. They're bad to watch. They're the, like the last place offense in the SEC right now. They're I think they're shooting 44% from two, 27% from three in conference. Like yeah. No, no, this isn't it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, hopefully they make the tournament again on the bubble. They're, I them. think they're a first four out in the last bracketology. Oof. Man, that would be bad. NIT, NIT champs, though. They're coming. They're coming <laughs> for the NIT title. Sure. A&M versus North Texas, NIT championship game this year. Oof. That's what we need. <laughs> A&M in the super pit? Actually, no, the NIT is just going to put them in the same like bracket because they're the That's same true. region. So it's going to be like yeah. second round game. Yeah, that's true. NIT. Uh, um, then three quick results. Lamar beats Southeastern uh, on the road, a game where okay. they were underdogs in. Uh, now 9-4 and four in conference, 77-72. Um, yeah, Pryor still playing great basketball. And uh, Lamar, Alvin Brooks continue to, to win <laughs> games. Texas Southern men, big result, 68-56 uh, over Southern, who had two losses going into that. So Texas Southern starting to turn it on. Uh, Henry and CSA combined for 40 there. And lastly, uh, Sam Houston beats Liberty 83 to 73, uh, eight and three in conference. Now put up 50 in the first half. I don't, it's a different Sam Houston state team here. Yeah. One on, but uh, yeah, good for, wait, did you see the, uh, my last quick hitter. Did you see the, the fight? Oh, <laughs> yes. UIW. <laughs> yes, I did. Deep in the That's heart the of first one I've ever seen a program announce a, a, co put out a statement like they put out a joint statement saying i didn't even see that yeah uh the conference put out a statement i believe both programs put out like that's the first time i've ever seen that (laughs) the good news is it happened at incarnate word and i've said long time that is the worst stadium in probably the entire country or at least a bottom 10 stadium. i was about to say some uh i don't know if you follow the a lot of the slander you guys on twitter Mm -hmm. um uh, Cyclone Larry said, "There's like ten guys in this in the crowd, so they're they're just fighting for the love of the game. You gotta love it." <laughs> it's true. <laughs> they weren't like embarrassed or something. Like, yeah. oh my gosh, all these people saw me get dunked yeah. on or something. They're just for the love they're of the like, game. Nah, Jamal hit me in the handshake line. I gotta go. Yeah. I gotta go show brawl. Okay, all right, guys. Um, I did see that. I did see yeah. that. It was if there were more people there, honestly, it would have been kind of scary. But because there were so yeah. few people there, it was just kind of like, all right, boys are boxing now. I guess <laughs> I don't know what to say. Um, uh, but anyways, yes, there's our quick hitters. Um, and yeah, that's all we got for y'all today. I gotta go to a press conference. Uh, but we'll be back on Friday with more um basketball talk. It's, I mean, conference tournaments almost here. We're wrapping down the last five four or five games for most teams in the country. So yeah, stay tuned. Uh, Follow us on Twitter, DCT basketball, follow us 
um, on TikTok, Zone Star State, and uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't already. Um, Dave Campbell's uh, Texas Basketball. So, yeah, for Ishmael Johnson, I'm Matthew Bruno. We will talk to y'all later.